0: The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, Louisiana, and New York. From boosted parlays to in-game odds and every major sport, Winbet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the Winbet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We'll support you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We'll support you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy has a $100,000 guaranteed contest for the big game, plus a 100% deposit match at thrivefantasy.com, promo code SGP. We'll support you by Stable Jewel. Stable Jewel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play free and pay games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with one entry. Head over to stablejewel.com and get started today. We'll support to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for your chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app now or go over to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And finally, don't forget to download the SGPN app and enter the free Super Bowl props contest for your chance to win $100,000.
1: is busy, Ronaldo's ahead of him, it's Cristiano Ronaldo, he couldn't finish, Perot got back and Salisu sweeps it away for Walker-Peters to clear, and it's very good play by Perot, there's no doubt about that, but Ronaldo could have got more behind it, and Eliannussi, takes on the cross, Walker-Peters, and chased in by Ward-Prowse, Shaw threw his body on the line stayed a foot back he would have scored Sancho Ronaldo with him Rashford with him Chayden Sancho How came to and smothered? it was just behind Jay Adams but as soon as it it broke to, to Shaw then Sancho was away Ronaldo is straight offside and maybe Sancho was aware of that and decided to go it alone sorted out smartly by Tallo Fernandes with an elegant turn and a beautifully weighted ball for Marcus Rashford. It's Rashford, it's Sancho, it's 1-0 United. Rashford, with that one's defensible, he gets it very right. And uh, Walker Central. Peters came storming back in the hope he could just intercept. But no, it did find its way to Sancho. A muscling one to the near post, where it caught a flick for Armstrong. It's a great clutch by Kevin De Gea because of the fence and the way he had to approach it, Armstrong. He just didn't get enough behind it. Romeu. Perrault. Elianusi. Shea Adams. One each. That's a splendidly smooth finish. Southampton celebratory it's the same thing all over again. Sure. Stevens couldn't make contact. Ronaldo did and forced to parry. Salisu away. McTominay driving on. And still. And Fernandes. Stevens partially clear. Dallo Forster. Well, just listen to his threat for them now, and they want to see something more sustained here. Again, he just went for power, but the keeper is positioned nicely. Shaw sure with depth. Foster got a cross to make a stunning stop. A point rescuing safe. Maybe wasn't expecting it, but still managed to get it down and on target. And it was difficult for
0: Forster. You are listening to Bet Mufc here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter at sgp soccer. That's at sgp soccer. You can follow Bet Mufc. It's at Bet Mufc at Bet. Mufc. You can also follow the Twitter account for LockBetting.com. It's at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com, where you can see the PL for the month of January now. It is the month that saw us deliver our 104th month in a row of transparent track profit with over 20 units won. That's over £2,000, which is good for over $2,750 in a single month. That's what we've delivered at the start of the year. That included our NFL futures. Go and have a look at the spreadsheet. Go and have a look at all of the other spreadsheets. If you go to one spreadsheet and you click the tag for P&L, you will go back and see all of the rest. And you will see we have genuinely delivered 104 months in a row of transparent track profit. We're just four months away from saying we haven't had a single losing month over at Lockbetting.com for nine years. This is legitimate. This is a fact. I allow all of my clients to comment underneath every single post at the bottom because I use Patreon for my service. And in this era of wokeness and cancel culture, there's no way I'd be able to get away with it. There's no way I'd be able to get away with doing something like adding plays I didn't really put out or, or taking away plays that were losers. There's none of that. It would be caught out. This is legitimate. There's no place to run, no place to hide. The 104 months in a row is completely legit and you can get on board by heading over to the Lockbetting.com site. It's a shame that you guys didn't get signed up in time for the UFC at the weekend because we swept the entire card we ended up going 6 and 0 with our picks in the UFC for UFC 271 that is rare I'm not going to lie we don't often sweep UFC cards it's very very difficult to do but that is what we did at the weekend and we are coming off a profit from the super bowl not many services did that we made just shy of 1.5 units on the big game so big winning weekend for us making over five units just from the Super Bowl and the UFC card this weekend but it's not too late to sign up in February still plenty of stuff to come including the Champions League and I'll be posting a Champions League show looking at these midweek fixtures over on the Soccer Gambling Podcast but we're here to talk about Manchester United they are coming off yet another draw against Southampton at the weekend and It's really difficult to know what to say about Manchester United at this point in time. You could be critical of the performances and you'd be right to because I don't think that this has been a difficult run of games. Looking at what Ragnick's had to face since he became the Manchester United manager, you'd be expecting much, much better results. And Man United really should be clear in a position for Champions League qualification. Chelsea have been away playing the club World Cup so we had a position to not only get ourselves secure in fourth but we should really be third with Chelsea having games in hand on us we've seen Tottenham drop points we've seen Arsenal drop points and had a pretty bad January transfer window where they had more outgoings and incomings and of course West Ham are beginning to drop points as well and I don't really think they have the squad to stay in contention for the top four but at the moment Manchester United are not able to capitalise and Obviously, there's a lot of criticism about these results, but one thing that I think people are overlooking, and I'm admittedly trying to find positives here to balance out this podcast, but United have had 82 shots across their last four games. Now, we've only scored four goals. We've scored one in all of those games. A 1-0 win over West Ham before exiting the FA Cup against Middlesbrough in a 1-0 draw which then saw us draw 1-1 one, one away to Burnley, and then the 1-1 against Southampton, which you just heard there in the audio. But we have been bang on top of these games, particularly in the first half, where we should have taken a lot more chances. It's, it's ridiculous to deliver four goals from 82 shots at goals, across those four games but that's what Manchester United have done so as much as you want to criticize the players and criticize Ralph Ragnick and this is a results-based business that's what football is it's 100% results-based you cannot really go to these factors very often sometimes you can dominate games and say that you are unlucky but at the end of the day if you have a run of results like Manchester United have where we haven't won in three we've exited the FA Cup and we've drawn against Burnley and Southampton at home and have lost ground when we're looking at trying to qualify for the top four, which is well short of what our target was at the start of the season. But now that's all we're, all we're clinging on to. It's a results based business, but there's there's something there where you cannot say it's going completely wrong. You cannot say that Ralph Ragnick hasn't improved the team from a team that were beaten four one against Watford that looked like a completely disorganised mess. I wouldn't say that they're necessarily a completely organised operation. I mean, they're not conceding a lot of goals, but... The manner of dropping points from, from being ahead and not being able to see out these games is poor when you look at losing uh, points against Aston Villa when we were 2-0 up in that game and letting all these sle- leads slip in all three of those ga- these last three games where we've been one up and in the second half we've succumbed to an equaliser and the, the Southampton and Burnley games are pretty much identical in terms of coming out after the half-time team talk from Ralph Ragnick and conceding just seconds after he had time to talk to the players for 15 minutes about how to approach the second half and conceding immediately to Burnley and then conceding immediately to Southampton, that that is poor and that is damning for Ralph Ragnick. But I, I'm trying to look at the positives here and... You have to take something from the fact that you've delivered 82 shots in four games. And really, you should have destroyed some of these teams. Southampton should have been completely out of sight in the first half, as should have Middlesbrough, as should have Burnley. So that would be the only positive. It does look like somebody is going to get hiding at some point. And if the target is just top four, then you look at the results from, from Tottenham as of late. They lost to Southampton at home and they were really, really poor against Wolves. Arsenal had a break at the weekend, but they're not exactly a model of consistency. At the moment, they are the favourites. They are the actual favourites with the books to finish in a top four position. They're available at five to four. And Manchester United are the second favourites that have gone out to five to two. It's three to one on Tottenham and it's seven to one on West Ham. That's how the futures market sits at the moment. I don't think you can be really convinced by anybody. But when you're looking at the squad depth of those four sides, Manchester United are far and away the team with the best squad out of the four. And um, it's going to be very, very, very tight as we reach the, the home straight. But I just feel that Manchester United, if they can start putting the ball in the net, if they can have a better ratio than scoring once out of every 20 shots, and it's even actually worse than that based on the last four games, then we will be the team that rises above the rest here and gets this top four position. It's there for us. The season isn't over. I mean, we're still in the Champions League and we're playing Atletico Madrid, who are having a very poor season themselves. They're the champions in the Liga and their their title defence is extremely poor. So this does give us an opportunity to give ourselves a boost by reaching a Champions League quarterfinal. by putting a run of results together and going clear in the top four But at the moment, the results aren't there. The only small positive we can take is the fact that we have had so many chances. And uh, if we can control games better and score more goals, obviously it sounds like a massive cliche. I'm coming on a podcast and saying we need to score more goals and we need to have more control of games after letting three leads slip. Yeah, of course we do. It's common sense. But if you watch the games, you can't put all of the blame on Ralph Ragnick. Ralph Ragnick is setting them out there to, to play a certain way. And in the first 45 minutes of all of the last three games, we have done exactly that. We've started really, really well. We've destroyed teams. We should have been two, three, four up, and we just haven't done that. And and some of the chances, I mean, Ronaldo against Southampton going round the goalkeeper and not getting a hard enough shot at goal. I mean, how often do you see that? Look at the miss that Bruno Fernandez had against Middlesbrough, where he he pretty much had an open goal after receiving a, a the ball after a mistake by the back line and then hit the post. I mean, these are ridiculous misses. There is elements of ridiculousness about this. And uh, obviously, when you look at that Burnley game, goals disallowed. It's debatable whether one of them should have stood or not. But I don't think many people are debating the other one. So they have had some horrible, horrible luck. But you can't keep clinging on to that. I think this will be the last time that I'm going to I'm going to mention it and uh, this is just because I'm trying to have some balance here on the show it's easy it's easy just to have a show where you where you just bash the whole team and cry and say you want this person out you want that person out uh, you want to sign this player or that player i don't think that's the issue at the moment there is obviously still that toxicity at the club gary neville actually spoke about it where he was talking about leaks this was the big story about Manchester United this week, which Gary Neville was talking about, where he's talking about leaks at the club and the attitude of the players and trying to get out of the bad apples. Kind of the same old stuff. I'm going to actually play the audio clip to bring you up to speed on it. And after that, we will start covering the game tomorrow, which I'm going to as Manchester United host, Brian. But have a listen to what Gary Neville had to say this week, because this was the the big story of the week coming out of Manchester United. And uh, it was centred around, once again, the bad Atmosphere at the club.
2: I thought that was downright disrespectful on Friday. I didn't. I, I didn't find it funny at all. The fact that they were describing uh, the the number two of uh, Ralph Raniak as Ted Lasso. I didn't find it funny at all. I thought it was disrespectful. I thought it was disgusting. In fact, in fact, it actually summed up what I think of them. That they are disrespectful. Um, I think if I was. Uh, I think if I was Ralph Ranick and he's number two, to be honest with you, I would gain strength from that because I wouldn't want to be on the same page as some of those players that are leaking that story, those types of stories. I mean, no, it never happened in my time, but we had, we had the greatest level of stability. I always remember when I joined Sky and we had the Champions League in the early years and I went over to Napoli to do a game. I don't know if you were doing that game in Napoli. It was Chelsea v Napoli and Vias boas was the manager. And I don't know if you remember, he left out, I think, Frank Lampard... SEN, Cole, he left out four or five prominent players. He was obviously in his sort of last days and managers do that, don't they? They just sort of like, you say, free hit. And I always remember sat there at lunchtime and with uh, the Sky sort of team that were there that day and the calls coming through to our team and other journalists that were sat around us, you know, slagging off the manager and sort of saying that, you know, leaking team news. And I was like, does this actually happen? Players' agents, players' PR teams are briefing the media on a match day about what's going on in the club and it was the first time that I'd ever sort of seen it and known it happen, um, and it really unnerved me but it's happening at Manchester United now they're at it they're at it the PR teams the um, their marketing teams their agents they're at it they're protecting themselves they're in self-preservation of their own player but what they don't realise is, unfortunately, that when they do go and speak to the media, those media people come and speak to us. So we find out about it. So we know who's briefing. And the reality of it is, we don't like it. Now, I'm not going to, obviously, you know, we're not going to throw people under a bus here because, obviously, we, you know, you have that sort of journalistic respect. But the fact of the matter is, they're at it. Just like the Chelsea team were all those years ago, this Manchester United team are at it. Self-preservation, looking after one another, excuses all the time. Stop it. Go in. Work as hard as you can. Do the best you can. Never give in. Represent you, your family, the club, the very best you can every single game. If you get picked, go for it. If you don't get picked, support the lads on the pitch who are there. That's it. That's your job.
0: Yeah, so that was the Neville story this week. That's that's pretty damning. That still talks about the the toxic atmosphere in the dressing room, the toxic players that we still have in that squad. We have got rid of some, but I don't necessarily think that someone like Donny van der Beek was a toxic atmosphere in that dressing room. But um, there's a lot of problems there. I think we need to see the back of the season. I think we need to decide what we're doing with the manager. I think that manager needs to decide what players he wants, what players he needs to bring in. We need to resolve this Cristiano Ronaldo situation. We need to resolve this power struggle. We need a new captain. We can't continue on with Harry Maguire. I think the the double responsibility of being a key defender and being a club captain is affecting his form significantly. This has gone from a player who established himself as one of the top defenders in the world statistically. And um, some of his performances, particularly at the Euro, did echo that. But since he had those those legal issues in the summer with that incident abroad, I'm not sure if that's the that's the key factor. But he hasn't come back the same player. And everybody has a dip in form. But if you look at the the current way that Maguire is playing, he looks like he doesn't belong at Manchester United. He doesn't look like he belongs in the Premier League at all. He looks like a championship defender. Some of the stills that are coming out there, some of the little highlight clips that you can pick out, Harry Maguire looks completely out of place. And he needs a rest from playing. He needs to be dropped... I think that we're we're a lot better going with Baye or Lindelof at the moment, and he certainly shouldn't be a captain. I don't get any captaincy vibes from him. He doesn't carry himself as a club captain. He's not a player that comes out and um, and signs autographs for the fans at the bus or down at Carrington. He doesn't lead by example. No one's looking at Harry Maguire as their captain here at this club. I'm not sure who should be the captain. A lot of people say Fernandez. I'm not sure if I see captaincy from from Fernandez either. Ronaldo's probably too old at this point. We don't know his future. There was Stories this week out about Ronaldo wanting to leave. Um, I talked about that a little bit last week. There's always just so much. I mean, this is a podcast that when we started it, you question the sustainability of it on a week to week basis. Yes, you can break down the previous game, um, and yes, you can look ahead to the game, but we didn't know it was going to be so controversial. We didn't know there's so many incidents week after week. We didn't know that we'd be talking about games where they they threw away points and where every game was a must win. So we've certainly gotten value here from the cards but unfortunately, it's not a case of Manchester United suddenly moving in the right direction. So this is another game where they where they need to win against Brighton coming up, and they are actually the three to four favourites to do so at Old Trafford tomorrow. It's fourteen to five on the draw, and it's nineteen to five here on Brighton. It's very difficult to take Manchester United now to, to win the game. Last time out, we cashed both teams to score. That was the correct way to go. It was a, just a complete repeat of what we'd seen, obviously, in the two prior games before that. And I don't see any reason to get off the train here. I don't suddenly see Manchester United being this organised outfit that are able to keep a clean sheet. United have conceded. In 8 of their last 10 games. So this control that Ragnick talked about when he came in. After watching Manchester United play against Arsenal. And say that it wasn't the type of game that you love as a manager. I mean we'd, go, we'd love to go back. And be able to score 3 goals against anybody at the moment. Because we were very clinical that day against Arsenal. We were able to come back from a goal down. We showed a lot of character perhaps the right thing to do was just to continue on with with Michael Carrick but that's just if what's and buts that's always been the case with Manchester United had we had we maybe stayed with Van Hal or, or Jose Mourinho instead of going with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer could we have stuck with Ole and Solskjaer I don't think so I mean I was I was a big supporter of Oli because he was one of our own but at the same time I was a big advocate of getting rid of him when we did um, this Brighton team have kept a clean sheet in only one of their last nine, so Manchester United should score. If you're having 82 shots at goal across the last four games, you should score goals. You should certainly have scored more than four goals in four games. Uh, these two sides have seen both teams score in five of their last six meetings. And Brighton are the draw specialists and have drawn 1-1 in four of their last six Premier League games. So another one or draw here would put significant pressure on Manchester United. But it's a scoreline that's cashed in the last three games. So why wouldn't you have a little sprinkle on the 1-1 scoreline when it's available for you here at 7-1? For me, I think that's an automatic bet. As is both teams to score at the price of even money, plus 100 here in this game. Another bet that I like the look of, which is actually cashed in all of Manchester United's last seven games. We're looking at the two games against Aston Villa. We're looking at the trip to Brentford. We're looking at the home game against West Ham. The home game against Middlesbrough. The trip to Burnley. And at home to Southampton. Seven games in a row where Manchester United have scored the first goal in the game. Now, we've only gone on to win three of those games, but we have scored the first goal in all of those seven. The last time we conceded the first goal was all the way back on January the 1st against Wolves, and we should have scored first in that game as well, and we went on to lose that game to Wolves. But I think that's a trend that could continue here. All you need here is for Manchester United to do what they've done in the last seven games, which is to score the first goal and you've already cashed your play you don't need to worry about what Manchester United do for the rest of the game so that is going to be my strongest lean here for the show I can see Manchester United getting out in front again whether they're able to maintain that and keep that lead remains to be seen But I'm confident that Man United have a fast start once again. Score the first goal here against Brighton in this one. But I also like all of the other plays that I looked at that were both teams to score. And a sprinkle on the 1-1 scoreline there once again. I still like the future on Manchester United. We actually have it. Um, from when Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was sacked, I believe is when we took it, at 6-4 to plus 150. I still think that has a very, very good chance of cashing. Not because I ultimately believe this Manchester United team are are excellent and are eventually going to click and it's almost inevitable. There is a part of me that feels, yes, we do have the best squad and yes, we're creating enough chances to win these games. But it's also down to the teams around us. I don't think West Ham are consistent enough. I don't think they have the squad. There's big problems at Tottenham. Antonio Conte is making some very strange comments where he's been asked about the top four, and he said something along the lines of "It's very difficult to me for me just to talk about the top four when I'm used to winning titles and challenging for trophies." But you've not taken a club, you're not taking a job at a club where you're going to do that. And as for Arsenal. For me, along with Tottenham, they just have a a, a bottler quality to them where you feel they don't have the bottle for this race, where you feel like they, they will inevitably drop out. So I still like Manchester United to get it done. And, and that's probably a, a, a damning assessment of those teams when my own team aren't exactly setting the world on fire. They've bottled it in the last three games. they bottled it against Aston Villa. And yes, they won back-to-back games after that against West Ham and Brentford. But now they've bottled it in three straight And one team's from the championship and one team's rock bottom. Obviously Southampton are in a decent vein of form coming off the back of winning away 3-2 to Tottenham. But if you look at that a little bit more in depth, Man United had 24 hours extra rest against Southampton who mounted an incredible comeback against Spurs. So that is an equally bad result. That game was all set up for Manchester United to win with 24 hours extra rest and a team that had just staged a, a full-scale comeback against Tottenham and had put everything into that and we still didn't win the game. So, yes, we are around teams that, that don't fill me with, with confidence and I feel like that we can overtake them, but we really not need to start putting results together, beginning with this game tomorrow against Brighton. That's it for me in this edition of MFC. Good luck with all your bets as always and thanks for listening.